hoy, Noiros! Welcome to this week's Out of the Podcast. <laughs> Is everything all right over there, sir? You hit me with some mood lighting that I wasn't <laughs> expecting. <laughs> it was very jarring. Trying to mix it up here. I yeah. feel very jarred. Fancy Dan introducing. Uh, this is Gentleman Joey to say, "What? Well, oh my God! I hope I'm ready for this episode." Be- between the subject at hand, woke yes. up to daylight saving time out of nowhere. I mean, I knew it was coming, but I forgot. It's the bad one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, the lo- the losing one, not the not the gaining one. Exactly. And uh, we both got haircuts. We both got <laughs> haircuts. That was bad. And yeah, I had a friend tell me he's getting divorced. Everything's crazy, man. Yeah, a lot, a lot happening. So just, you know, hug your loved ones if you're still in love with them. And if not, get the paperwork ready. I don't know. Yeah. It's tough out there. Sure is. That's, sure is. That's, it's the right mood to be in for this episode. I just realized my computer is not plugged into a power source and is about to go low. This will also be, be taken care of. This is what I'm talking about, Dan. This is... This you seem very disheveled today. Oh, I feel... I mean, I felt it. And this was a, a very hard watch. So, you know... Yeah. I'm frazzled. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm How was your okay. haircut? Do you feel good about it? Do you have a regular person? I I do now. Uh, for a while, like I, I feel like I was kind of cycling through. I had I had a person for a long time, and then she left, and then I felt like I was on this endless cycle. And actually, for a while during the pandemic, I just didn't get any haircuts at all. But you know, I Those just kind of started. Times. Yeah, so I just kind of started going back. But yes, I do have a a, a new person. She's great. Um, What's her name? Drop drop a first name. Her name is Autumn. I have an autumn. Wow. Really? Yeah, the that's same so person? funny. I wanted the same person. Um, Do you have tattoos yeah, but, on her arms? I don't remember. You, um, but you she's probably just, remembered. She's just super, very, super nice, very friendly, very talkative, and does Okay, it's work. not my autumn because she does not talk, and that is my greatest compliment. <laughs> oh, you okay. and I have different hairstyles, though. Mine's a little more involved. I can't allow True. distractions to happen. True, yeah. How much get, you drop I, on a haircut, Dan? You, are you comfortable saying? Um... Yeah, I mean, the, the haircuts themselves are usually around like 25 bucks. 25 yeah. bucks, yeah. 20, 25, yeah. That's about where I was at. I made it to 30, but I just recently have gone to the $50 threshold. Ooh. I had too many bad haircuts. I mean, the last haircut I had just destroyed me, Dan. It was brutal. And then Brooke it's was tough. cutting it for a while, which was fun. But, you know, it was time to get a real haircut. And I did some research and I found the men's salon in Philly. Shout out to them. Mm-hmm. And oh, my God, just just a great job. I've enjoyed this is my second haircut there and it goes good. It looks good. Nice quiet cut. Yeah. Gets gets the hair out of your face a little bit. You know, you get to a little bit. You get to see it see a little bit more. Um, yeah, my, I mean mine's yeah, mine's pretty it, to, for lack of a better phrase, cut and dry. Um <laughs> that is a I don't know if there is a better phrase than that, sir. Yeah. Um yeah, mine's pretty mine's pretty easy. But yeah, I like it. I I actually like the older I get, the truly like it really just is it's great just not having to deal with a lot of hair. Like it's just, it, it, I do kind of enjoy it. There's a bright like, w- side. W- yeah. Like wake up in the morning. I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty much good. I just do a couple quick little things and I'm, I'm good to go. Um, yeah. Um, got that. Not too I got- much vanity for that. Unfortunately, you wouldn't <laughs> think looking not, at me, but just not a little me. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, as we probably all know, I don't really care about my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't be that. I always think of before we move on and I forget the last, the final episode of the adventures of Pete and Pete, where he's mm-hmm. getting big Pete's getting a haircut. Mm-hmm. and they, he's always like oh my god it's so awkward there's nothing to talk about and then they finally talk about i believe the the shoes i'm trying to remember Krem because- star was that what it's called Krebstar. Krebstar. forgive yeah. me it's been a minute but yeah. yeah 
they finally get into the shoes and they get really psyched on that. And so they finally talk, but he gives them the worst haircut. He's like bald, basically, with like a little bit of like bangs. And uh, I always think of that because it is just like anytime you get a talkative haircut is the worst in my experience. I know maybe it's different for you, Mr. Cut and Dry over here. Yeah, I I also think it's like also... Yeah, I think it's like you said the 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 complexity of the haircut and like the level of distraction. I, I mean, yeah. I think that really is the key. And if that is affecting, I mean, you know, be friendly. Of course, it's not like sure. shut the fuck up. But I'm just not inviting conversation myself. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm okay with it. Um, but I always feel very aware of my face during it, especially I have to take off my glasses. As I mean, I'm, same. Yeah. And because I mean, that gets I in the way. Anything. And so I always had to put it in. Like it looks good, blurry, but let's see what we really got here. Sometimes that's been horrifying because uh, <laughs> you're and, like what do you do now yeah. what yeah exactly you you've taken too much you've destroyed me that happened to me here in philadelphia one of the worst cuts i ever got and i'm pretty sure that person retired from haircutting after i was done oh with my uh displeasure <laughs> well, now, that, now that we've been everybody done to me with our haircuts <laughs> um, i mean hey we all had those haircut experiences some crazy ones that's um, true but yeah i don't know Anything else going on? You see any good stuff? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I um, so I got my uh, Criterion just had a flash sale. Um, so I got my my bundle and I started watching a couple of them, including for the first time, believe it or not, Citizen Kane. I've never seen it before. So I was kind of looking forward to that. I got, I did get the 4K. What'd you think of it? Um, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that obviously in movie circles, it's like, you know, it's like the movie. It's like, you know, when you talk about like, cinema you know people always are like oh citizen kane greatest movie of all time yeah i I really liked it i think it looked great i think it's a really well-constructed movie you know i i get why people revere it did you notice the dinosaurs the dinosaurs yeah they uh the the budget was running low at one point and they needed a stock footage scene for i believe it's like right before a party and so if you look in the top, I believe, right corner, you see these pterodactyls flying because they took it from like some dinosaur movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't catch that. I'll have to it's go back subtle. And watch that. Yeah. It's subtle, I, but look out for that, folks. Okay. So, but yeah, no, I, I the package is really cool, actually. I, I, I do love the packaging for it. I, I, I kind of warmed up to it after I was a little bit, you know, if you about the front cover, but I, I've they, they've it. done so much worse. I was never too on board with that one. Mm. Did but, you did you did you get that version yet? Yeah, I just I I'm waiting to get a 4K because I truly want to appreciate it. So oh, okay. But you can see it like the old open flap. Yeah, oh yeah, like yeah. That. It's it's, yeah, it's I, beautiful. I it's, it's yeah. It's what I expected and, and hoped for from something of that caliber. So it's good to see yeah. they're still capable of it for the big films, but a little more of the little films. Come on, guys. I watched that and I watched Miller's Crossing for the first time as well. Then what'd you think of that bad boy, huh? What'd you enjoy more? Ah, <laughs> uh, good question. I kind of, it's weird to say, I, I kind of put them in like an equal, like, I, I feel like I definitely need to watch both again. I, I okay. in particular, Miller's Crossing. I, I mean, I did enjoy Miller's Crossing. It was Totoro, a little, huh? What's up? Oh yeah. It's a Totoro, Totoro yeah. in the woods. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's um, the movie. Yeah. I, I liked it. I, I definitely liked it. I, I liked the kind of, you know, you, you don't really know what side, you know, he's really on, but I, I do like, there's a really good bonus feature on the, the Blu-ray with the Cullen brothers where they kind of talk about their influences on the film and how film noir. Yes. Uh, with my Twitter friend, Megan Abbott, shout out to her. Yeah. Always does a great job. Yeah. It was a great interview. Um, so that was really cool to kind of get inside their heads a little bit about, you know, the, you know, the Hammett connection, the James L. Kane. And, um, and it was good to see him come back to the, to the genre after blood simple, you know, it did. Right. 
exactly. Yeah. They raised a little Arizona and then it was time to get back to business. Yeah. But it was cool. Yeah. I, I liked it. I, I definitely liked it. I was hoping for a little bit more Buscemi, but I think he was great in it for what, what we did get. So back then you take what you could get. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I found it enjoyable. I really, I really liked both. So yeah, but both, I, I think I definitely need to watch again. So I'm, I'm glad I picked them up and I can now watch them at my. Helps when you own them physically, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I mean, you know, as we are big proponents of that here. Um, we, we do what we can. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I saw a movie that I've been putting off for a while and was rewarded. Thankfully it was the kid detective kind of a newer movie from 2020 stars okay. Adam Brody who is never usually my favorite, but I think I just realized I didn't like the OC. Okay. He's fine. Especially because I feel like now he's more of an underdog and that's like a lot of what this mm-hmm. movie is about. Like, so it played very well, mm-hmm. uh, but it's great. It's kind of like a, you know, like Encyclopedia Brown grows up, you know, Harriet the Spy grows up. Oh, that's cool. There's a very nice shout out to DOA in it for, oh, the, nice. for the film noir fans out there. Uh, very cool. So, you know, that put me in a good spot and it was just, you know, surprisingly funny at the right times and, had some good cool. twists and yeah, so it was, it was good to see that, you know? Yeah. I didn't hear about this movie. Interesting. Okay. You know, a pandemic happened, Dan, and some things slipped through the cracks, unfortunately. And yeah. it's a shame because this, this is a nice secret gem, especially if you know, you're a fan of what we do here and you're able to come into the 21st century. I know some people like to stay nothing past the fifties and that's fine for the adventurers out there. Did that watch the French dispatch, the, the Wes Anderson movie. Oh boy. I'm, I am a Wes Anderson fan, but I, I didn't care for this one. Yeah. It was very robotic. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how purposeful that was because it is like about like a, a magazine, you know, there's writers telling stories and reading articles, but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of a bummer. Um, And uh, season two, Painting with John, John Lurie's back on HBO Max. I've been watching those and mm. it's great just to put you in the right mindset. It's a good time. Cool. It's so like good, quite the quite the variety. It's a good filler for those like you know the downtime of Joe Para and John Wilson. You know, you yeah. still you need something that that's a nice vibe. Uh, and then I saw the Batman again. <laughs> oh, you saw it again? Wow! I saw it again. I got that AMC like you know where you can see like three movies a week for like twenty bucks or whatever. But they mm-hmm. had it where it was like a dollar to try for the month. Okay. So I've I've spent one dollar to see the Batman twice, and uh, so you Not know too just, bad. Enjoying that, getting getting some walking in, walking to the fashion district. They got a nice AMC that had just opened up a couple of years back, as well as an arcade and a bowling alley there. I want to check out. Wow, one of these days. But right when it started, like the whole mall had to evacuate, and I still don't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good sign. Had to evacuate, and then we got to go back in, and they like started the movie right from where it left off. Missed a little bit. If I hadn't seen it already. I would have been super pissed and bummed out, but it was a, a it was an adventure. It was interesting. Yeah, seems like you got a pretty uh, adventurous. I'm ready to stop. I'm ready to stop, dude. Uh, and then I had a vacation I was supposed to take that fell apart, but I still got the time off of work, and I'm a busy man, so I'm looking forward to catching up. Yeah, getting Sounds some like stuff you, done. Well deserved breather. Oh, I tell you what, Dan. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's all that I'm aware of. <laughs> still watching Green Acres. Mm-hmm. still loving it thank god for for green acres it keeps you grounded in these crazy times definitely need that and yeah i guess that'll do it if you're ready to get into this I'm, powder keg of a movie i'm ready yeah, I'm, I'm ready <laughs> i'm not looking forward to this one yeah but i am episode 63 no way out no way out of this one dan we watched it we got to talk about it mm-hmm. release september 1950 no date that i could find exclusively but we're we're in 1950 
uh, 20th Century Fox put this one out. So, you know, you're going to get a little Daryl Zanuck producing this bad boy. You can't avoid him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But directed by Joseph L. Mankiewicz, who co-wrote along with Lesser Samuels, although we think he's not a lesser man. He did a great job. Produced, oh, we did him already. (laughs) Cinematography by Milton R. Krasner and music by Alfred Newman. Welcome to the show. Had you seen this one before? I had not. Me as um, well, yeah. How's your print? Because you got a DVD version. You tell you, you found a, a sealed copy of this bad boy in the wild right before we're doing it. Yeah, there she it, is. Literally, serendipitously, I, I came across, yeah, a, a sealed brand new. At, Days uh, before the record. Yeah, at uh, Princeton Record Exchange. Um, and I was very glad to get it because I was going to stream it. And then I was like, you know what? As much as I, I could definitely stream it, I wanted to get a, a physical copy. And the yeah, the DVDs out of print. Um, Blu-ray is uh, region B. It was good. It was good. And you know what was cool is I, I wanted to mention there's a um, there, there's not a lot of bonus features on here. I mean, there's commentary by Eddie Muller, which is cool. I didn't listen to it yet, but there is a um, there's a couple uh, movie t- Fox movie tone newsreels, uh, oh. and, and one of them is called uh, Movie Star in Dual Role, and it was about the premiere of this movie, and as as like the kind of like I don't want to call it stunt, but it, I guess it kind of was of when they had the premiere and it didn't say what city was, I'm assuming it's somewhere in New York. Linda Darnell was working the ticket booth at, at like at the theater that the premiere was at. So like, every, you know, like all the photographers there and like the, you know, they're shooting it and it's, it's, it's her. And she's just like in the booth and there's like someone like shadowing her that works or I guess. And they're just like talking about how, you know, that's part of like the publicity of it is that she's in the booth and selling and giving out tickets to people for the showing. And it was very short. It was a very, very short newsreel, but just an interesting little, uh, add on but yeah the print was good i mean they definitely had to hustle to to promote this one as we'll get into but yeah i streamed it criterion channel and mm, look good fantastic yeah cool yeah no i was fine with it this is the the it's called the fox film noir it's part of that series they put out a few years back where they have a bunch of film noirs it's got that kind of like brown outside and then the, the poster kind of going it's like they're it's very stylized this came out yeah kind of dumb honestly <laughs> 2005 yeah, yeah, I mean that, that sounds that was, like a 2005 mindset. Yeah, I, and I have a, I have a handful of those, um, and they tip they typically look pretty decent for for standard def. I'm so glad I got it. I got it for a good price. So can't imagine I'll ever watch this one again, though. Yeah, I think it's it's a good movie. It's it's a tough subject matter. So it's it, it's you know, and I think it's it's well done. Like I think it's I mean it's it's essential well because I mean you got to think of the time that this had come out and these are right. conversations that needed to happen. Boy, if yeah, it doesn't come on, very difficult. Pretty strong, about. yeah. I mean, it, it's dropping some language pretty throughout <laughs> the whole yes. time. Yes. I don't know how we're gonna sound clip this one, Dan, but I'd say the biggest reason while we're here is Mr. Sidney Poitier, who recently passed. Mm-hmm. This was his, you know, his feature film debut, mm-hmm. and he. He doesn't. He was always an incredible actor, and he comes in strong. Like I mean, he he definitely blows you away in this, and is the right actor for this film. I think he was like, was he like twenty two or something like that? He was like really young. Yeah, and he even lied about it. Yeah, as I saw in my fun facts. Yes, or, I don't. Know yeah, how, so he was. I mean, I don't know how much fun we're having in this one. Facts, I may say, but yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, the fact that like this is is like basically first major commercial role like out of the gate. Like, I think he's fantastic. Like, it's yeah, just really good. And you Everything see, you love about him is, right. is already here right. and, and ready to go. And he does a, a great job as does Stephen McNally. I would say he does a great job as well. Mm-hmm. And, and Richard Widmark. I mean, unfortunately, he's 
an awful person saying terrible things, but he's yeah, he's still one of the best. <laughs> yeah, and we know he's not really like that in in real life. And it he, helps. He, yeah, you struggle, struggle with the role too. <laughs> yeah, he he would apologize yeah. between takes for the language he would have to say. I mean, yeah. It, it's a lie. And then of course, you know, you're making a movie like this. You don't want to get a, a huge super racist to be like, Hey, come, come do some method acting yeah. here. You know, you want someone yeah. that's no way a friend. <laughs> yeah. I think they ended up becoming friends in, in real life for him and, and Poitier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, who doesn't love Richard Woodmark and Poitier? That's yeah. Those are two charming motherfuckers right there. It's a shame they had to be at odds with one another in this one, but yeah, we're going to meet them. We got Dr. Luther Brooks. He's, he's a man on the rise in the, in the hospital practice. He, he's an intern. He just passed his state board exam. He just qualified for a license to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the first black doctor in this hospital. I believe we're in Chicago, or at least we're filmed in Chicago. I don't know if we quite say. It doesn't say, but I, I think you could venture a guess that that's probably the case. Yeah, yeah. he's somewhere, but he's, a, you know, right in the, in the city. Right. Uh, it's a city that has a lot of layers, you know, a lot of uh, sub- cultures and sub towns <laughs> yeah you know some that have terrible names and some that just have stupid names yeah i guess you could think of almost like na- like neighborhoods areas sections sure. of, the, of, of, the, of the towns yeah yeah uh and then this hospital is in a, a in it in one of these areas mm. and you know luther's great he's he's clearly a very smart man but he feels hesitation leaving his present position he says he's he's tried to sign on to be a junior resident at the hospital for another year. All he needs is Dr. Dan Wharton, Stephen McNally to sign off on him. Mm. And, um, you know, they have a very close friendship, clearly a mentor to him. He's really looking out for him. And so, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll do that for you. But clearly you're capable of of so much more, but I believe in you. So I'll back you whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. So that's how we meet him. Then all of a sudden, you know, it was a hospital. Some, some, <laughs> some people are going to be coming in mm-hmm. and uh, we're in the prison ward of the hospital and we got uh, the Biddle brothers. <laughs> well, I guess we should mention, so he gets called up. So he's getting ready to go. And then he, and I guess they had like a, he's on call. Uh, yeah. He's on call. And like, that's where he got it. He happened to get assigned to that night is, is where he ended up going. So, and that obviously plays a role into what happens later. Cause if, you know, hypothetically, what if he wasn't called, you know, would this have all happened, but you know, him getting called up there kind of starts the whole action of the movie. The mess that we find ourselves in. Yeah. yeah. So it's Johnny and Ray Biddle. Uh, they were shot, both of them, uh, in the leg by a policeman, a policeman who knows two criminals in the legs instead of murder them. So yeah. <laughs> already a fictional movie. <laughs> they, uh, they they pull off a robbery. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot, a lot of times you might question why this is a film noir, but there's plenty here. It's there, yeah. It's here in the beginning a little bit, but more so very much in the end, for sure. Yeah. And, and then, of course, how it's shot. I mean, it's a, it's a dark hospital, for sure. There's a lot mm-hmm. of shadows. Milton R. Krasner, this guy, knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Must be a reason we're bringing him up, <laughs> shouting him out special. Yep. So, yeah, these guys are brought in. One of them in particular, Johnny, he's not doing so hot. The other one, Ray, is extra, extra racist, as we alluded to. Um, he does not like that Luther Brooks is working on him. Mm-hmm. They they're they're from Beaver Canal is one of these uh, neighborhoods we're talking about. Is a, a very mm-hmm. white working class section of the city, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, Johnny is not doing well at all. Seems to be a little something extra going on with him just beyond this gunshot. Mm-hmm. 
And so Dr. Brooks seems to suspect, you know, he's, he's very good at what he does. He's like, I, I think he might have a brain tumor. So I'm going to get a spinal tap going. I'm not going to let everybody know I'm a doctor. I'm going to just do what I think is right. Right. And that's what it's important. It's, yeah. I want to make sure that we mentioned that yeah, none of this is aware to any of us. Like we're not aware of it as the audience. Like he doesn't tell anybody. He's just like, I have this suspicion. I'm going to do my duty. As he sees something's too. going on. He's like, right. I'll be right back. He pulls out, you know, specific medicines Tools, and, and yeah. syringes and such. Yeah. yeah. So he, he gives him the spinal tap and it does not go well at all. Johnny dies from what was afflicting him possibly, but the way that old Ray Biddle sees it is that Luther Brooks just killed him mm-hmm. maybe due to him being a junior doctor, but likely due to him, you know, because he's racist and because of who he is. So I also find it interesting that, so there's three beds on that side of the room yes. and then you have them side by side at, at, at some point since he, since, you know, Widmark's getting so out of it. Like, wouldn't you just move him over to the other one? And and I know no, he ends no up curtains handcuffing. either, Dan. Yeah. No curtains, right? There's just a lot of yeah. I mean, I get it. It's part of the action, but um, you know, it, it, if he's being that rowdy and that you know disruptive, uh, you know, don't you think that they would have done, or they would have had more presence of of security in there to to deal with him? But prison ward just is a little, hits a little different, I guess. Yeah. Also, there's a comic book that shows up there that has no cover. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how you know these guys are bad, how they take care of their comic books. Nope. If the yes. racism didn't tell you, there's a little something extra for you. Yeah. So now there's doubt over this death. Ray is raising a stink about this whole thing. Dr. Brooks goes to Dr. Wharton and he tells him about the whole thing. And Wharton's like, you did what you did. You're a doctor. Like, this yeah. happens. You know, you, you I probably would have done the same thing. You know? Exactly. Like, we, you just had to do what you had to do. Like, I'll, I'll back you on this. Don't worry. But mm-hmm. he is worried. He doesn't really like how this went down. You know, he knows how this is going to look on him. He's, he's worked extra hard to be here. And so he's like, you know what? The only way we're going to figure this thing out is if we do an autopsy. Mm-hmm. That's going to put me in the clear and that's going to prove me right. But there's some hurdles that must be crossed, right, Dan? Yes, for sure. Many hurdles. <laughs> <laughs> Namely, that the family needs to sign off on such an autopsy. And, you know, Ray doesn't seem like a friendly guy. He's probably not going to go ahead and, and sign off on this. No, not at all. So, yeah, definitely this is the meat of the movie and what is driving us Yes, to move forward, to do a little detective work and, and whatnot. Trying to get this autopsy to try to prove, essentially prove his innocence, you know, and, and that, you know, he did all he could to, to save Johnny's life. Yeah, and they try to go as high up as they can to Dr. Sam Moreland. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he knows that this is going to be bad. He's worried about the, the racial angle of everything. So he mm-hmm. denies that this request so they're going to have to figure out something else. But turns out Johnny, someone loved him, apparently. He's got a wife. Let's see if we could find her. So we do a little detective work and we find the widow. Uh, this is our Linda Darnell, mm-hmm. Edie Johnson. This is uh, very complicated because she is such a babe in this, but is also racist. So you have to mm-hmm. unfortunately just be like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she comes around a little bit at the end, but yeah. How do you not know better, too? I don't know. 1950, Dan. Society was there. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Shame that we needed this movie to begin with. Yeah. Uh, you know, but on, on the other hand, it's like, you know, they did it. I mean, they did, you know, bring this to the light. And, and it's like in a major commercial picture. You know, it's in a major. I think, 20th Century I think, Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to bring this topic. And I think we'll probably talk about it later in some of the facts. But yeah, just how it was pretty controversial you know at the, at the time as you could 
imagine. When I mean, watching. yeah, they knew they knew what they were doing going into yeah. this thing too. I mean, even just to make it was to to start a conversation and then like you know, right? That's definitely very important. Sure. Twenty twenty two though. Yes. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Edie Johnson, but she's like, hey, you you guys are shit out of luck. I I clearly I, that guy sucks. I divorced him. We're divorced. There's nothing you can do. Ask his brother Ray Biddle. He might want to help you, right? Like, yeah. And and the whole time as we're there between the two doctors, she's very racist towards Sidney Poitier, and so you're like, oh boy, this is this is gonna be a real hurdle. Mm-hmm. And and she doesn't even like these Biddles anyway, so she can only be so helpful. Mm-hmm. And it, we, we find out, and it's semi-alluded to, but clearly there was a little something going on between her and Ray. Yeah. At one point. Something, something romantic going on. Yeah. And uh, after this, she goes to visit him. And, and that's a very interesting scene. Well shot. Yeah. Because she tries to convince him. I and mean, yeah. she tries to convince him to, to have the autopsy. What could it hurt, right? Yeah. But they're always afraid of cutting him up. They don't, and they mentioned that many times throughout in different, different ways of, you know, they're going to cut them up and I forget what other, other ways they, they call it, but yeah, that, that's what, I guess that was one of the major concerns they had. And so he can't be convinced whatsoever. There's that one point where it's like, why couldn't it have been you that got killed instead of Johnny? That's your favorite question, ain't it? Only the last time you asked it, it wasn't about being dead. You scum. It was, why couldn't it be you I married to instead of Johnny? You dirty scum. Sounded good in the dark. I should have killed you. You had other things on your mind. You weren't fit to live in the same world with him. I don't see no tears on your face. Where's your black dress? If it was you, I'd sing and wear flowers. All right, Edie, what's on your mind? What do you want? He's trying to rev that up again, but she feels really guilty about it. You know, he's like, we're not going to do this autopsy. I can't believe you listened to these guys. You were played for a quote unquote chump. And the best way you can make it up to Johnny is go to the Beaver Canal Club. Go talk to Rocky Miller. Tell him about the death. We're going to get this thing amped up and we're going to get try to get a race war going, basically. Mm. Then there's a uh, Ray. There's a they have an older brother, George Biddle. Mm-hmm. And he is both deaf and mute. Mm. And they speak to him through sign language a lot of that racist too you could tell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this guy sucks and he watches over Edie a lot because she can communicate with him as well yeah and ray's like definitely keep an eye on her and make sure that she goes and gets this stuff done make sure these things you know go into head and, and so we can go ahead and start this battle and everyone's in on it they're like yeah uh, rocky and the gang they're gonna attack the the black section of town they don't call it anything nice over there. It's you know, at the you, pool hall. They had, they're at the pool hall, right? Yeah, everyone's all riled up, liquored up, not in a good place to add racism on t- and anger on top of it. Mm-hmm. And Edie wants nothing to do with this. She's trying to tap out, but Rocky makes her stay. He gets real creepy with her, too. Yeah. And he talks to um, George and, like, makes... Because he could read lips, George. Mm-hmm. And is like, you know, stay here, keep an eye on her, make sure she doesn't leave. We're going to figure this thing out. Meanwhile, Luther hears about this. And wait, had we already gone back to um, the Brooks's house with his family? At that point, I don't think so. I don't okay. think we got it. Because, yeah, because right now we're at the part where, yeah, where Dr. Brooks hears it from Lefty, who's the uh, the attendant in the um, elevator. Operator. Elevator. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, got a scar on his face. Which right. We find out about. It was from another fight. 
you know, race riot sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, no, no, we definitely did meet them already. Um, and I just, because I really want to point that out because that's, that, that stuff is so awesome where you like meet his family, Ozzie Davis in his first role. Oh, that, okay, yeah. yeah. So we did, we know, yeah, because there's that part with the the, the, app, the Apple things that they're eating and uh, yeah. he's, he's starting to be the, Because, you, know, you know, Luther worker. Brooks goes home and he's just like, you know, really torn up about this whole thing. And yeah, and uh, Ozzie Davis is like studying to be a postal worker and he's like, Hello, what's the capital of South Dakota? Who knows? Boy, you couldn't get to be a mailman. Sure, maybe we deliver babies, all right, but you couldn't deliver no letter. <laughs> Luther, home here. Just went to bed. Take these in for me, will you? He didn't know the capital of South Dakota. You know what I said? Boy, I said, maybe you could deliver them babies, I said, but you sure can't deliver no letters. <laughs> that stuff is great. Yeah. I loved all that. Yeah. So yeah, that, that stuff is especially important and, and really grounded everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the elevator operator lefty, though, uh, he's like, something's brewing. We got to let everybody know we can get ahead of this thing. Yeah. You know, we're not going to be taken by surprise and murdered and beaten. Like, I don't like this. And and lefty's been there before. You know, he goes yeah. into how he got his scar and he's like, I, I don't want to be caught off uh, guard. This has happened to me before. My Me and my sister were beaten at school. Like, this sucks. So yeah he switches he switches his shift and and he's off and dr brooks is definitely not you know happy about it he tries to stop him yeah exactly he he doesn't want nothing to do with this he just wants to get all this figured out and make sure he didn't kill a man Hmm. he's listening to and wants to stop it too and he wants to stop that this from happening as well yes but i don't know if this thing can be stopped it's it it's going well everybody is meets together and and plans you, Some you, of these shots leading up to the to this whole scene are, are pretty incredible. The the shots in the alleyway. And it's then the most the, like powerful and gorgeous stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. Like the, the the flare gun and yeah. it lights up everything as a signal. Like that as a signal was really interesting. And then how the camera's positioned, because they're all kind of in this like salvage yard, um, all the beaver canal. Salvage yard was yeah. so cool. Yeah. So yeah. Edie finds a way to get away from them at the salvage yard. She's able to get away from what happened. So yeah, the just before all the fighting. The flare gets shot off and, and when you see him like just kind of like crawling overhead and it's like slowly leading up and he shoots the flare and it even takes a second, you know, before it explodes. Burst, yeah. 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 And so if you're, if the buildup to that was just so masterfully done. Right. Um, Everybody just stops. It's like, what is that? Yeah. They're like, what the <laughs> hell? And then yeah. they, they come out and they take on these racists and beat the shit out of them. It's yeah. aw- it's awesome. It's very satisfying. It's yeah, definitely one of the reasons to put yourself through this movie is to at least get that. Mm-hmm. release there's definitely a release in this movie you got to put yes. yourself through some some discomfort but also right. you know you can't be ignorant to the world around you yeah and sure. uh like i said it's not like oh boy we're just watching a racist noir that would suck and i don't think that's something we would champion no hopefully it never happens but i could see it happening by surprise but we'll call mm-hmm. it out and, and we'll poo poo upon it you know it has something to say this one mm-hmm. but yeah just a, a great scene very starkly filmed and it, it's brutal yes Although there was a couple of times I, my eye caught just people just shaking boards, doing nothing. You know, you can only, <laughs> the actors were only so good then, the, the extras, yeah. but still very effective. Um, and now the hospital, of course, is <laughs> full of people. Yeah, the aftermath of, of that. And Wharton gets called in from home, but Edie shows up at his house right before he can go. She's not feeling good about any of this. And he's like, I got to take off. Here's my maid, Gladys, who is black. And Edie is very uncomfortable with that, mm-hmm. but 
Gladys is just like, I'm fucking awesome. I'm great at my job. Me and Dr. Wharton have this amazing rapport together. Just chill out. Why don't you <laughs> open yeah. your mind a little bit, yeah. Edie? And she eventually chills out a little bit, yeah. thankfully. And, you know, she has had a quite a day. So she collapses. She's been had a couple spirits as well. But Gladys takes care of her, makes sure she's all right. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, also taking care of people is Luther. Still plenty of racism, this awful white woman saying some terrible things. So don't get too comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Luther's like, okay, fuck this. <laughs> well, he gets he gets spit in, spit in the face. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Which is Re- really a tough scene. And 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 because he, he turns it, it, he turns it like around it's very slow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when he just like walks out and fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. Kind yeah. That enough. long shot of him walking down the that long hallway. Uh, I guess it's like an, some type of like, um, I don't call it like an ambulance dock, like docking bay almost thing. It's hard to, it's hard to tell, but uh, that was a really good shot too. But yeah, really, yeah. really tough to watch. After that, we're back at Wharton's house. He heads back. Edie and Gladys are a little warmer together. And then Luther's wife, Cora, who we also met earlier at his place, Mildred Joanne Smith. Another total babe in this movie. You don't have to feel mm-hmm. bad about her because she's not racist. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> she's like, Luther just fucking got himself arrested for murder. Yeah, he turned himself in. And then uh, old Wharton's like, oh, look at that clever SOB. He fucking, he went in to force the autopsy. Right. Because he's like, oh, this guy murdered him. We're going to need to look into this. And they're like, ah, well, well done, sir. Kind of a spooky situation to put yourself in and quite a gamble, but. Yeah. You know, we believe in this, so we're going to go for it. So uh, Warren's like, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry, Cora. I got his back. You know, we're, we're going to figure this out. And then it's uh, Edie, Cora, and Gladys left at the house. And Gladys is comforting Cora. And, uh, you know, I'd say but pretty much at this point, you see Edie come around and thaw her icy exterior. And then now we go back to the autopsy and, hey, everything's fine. We, we confirmed it. Old Johnny died of a brain tumor after all. Totally should have done the, the spinal tap. Probably were mm-hmm. able to get a couple more seconds of his life <laughs> before. Because, I mean, he was fucked up. I mean, and it's it's some of the stuff's brutal. I mean, especially what you see with uh, Richard Widmark in a little bit where, like, he's just got, like, a wet wound. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, like, a pool of blood. I mean, they're, they're really showing it as much as they can. Um, the, movie should, the movie should be over here now, right? Because he's exonerated, right? That should be the, the happy ending, right? Yeah, and it felt like it. And I had to pee at this point of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's only got a couple more minutes, right? And then it wasn't ending. And I was like, let me check. And then it was like, oh, boy, there's still 20 more minutes. No, it's far from over. Yeah. Let me go ahead and take care of this so I can fully enjoy myself. Yeah, so things ramp up even further here. Old Ray Biddles, he's not too happy about this. He goes nuts. And he's like in this waiting, waiting area. area. Yeah, yeah. exactly cuffed he's got security guard yeah and then he's got some crutches and can i move around a little bit i need some help and uh he's able to overtake this guard and his brother uh, hits his him. his brother george a, comes in with a blackjack yeah, black yeah hits him from behind he gets the keys and uncuffs himself and they head out through the window he goes through the window yeah which looks so painful and yeah the consequences of all this keep happening i mean you definitely see widmark getting like worse and worse he does such a good job and his deterioration that, yeah. yeah yeah so Edie heads back to the apartment ray and george are waiting there this is what i'm talking about this crazy blood and ray's like 
call Luther, make him come to Wharton's place. We're going to meet him there. I forgot the address. They give you the address. Yeah, because Wharton went away to like a like a beach house, basically, or yeah. like some type of like ho- beach hotel or something like that, like a bungalow that he was going to for a vacation. Which is so insane. They, this yeah. is not the time to go away. <laughs> right. Yeah. If anything, even just to check on the well-being of your friends. But right. Right. You know, hey, it's tough out there. You do what you got to do. Yeah. Well, they mentioned that he hadn't been on a he hadn't had a break in, you know, years so we could just wait one more week exactly i I mean yeah again the timing's not not the best (laughs) i understand though but we're all headed to wharton's place luther's gonna come there and ray he wants his revenge he's super pissed and he heads off to this to go get a cab now it's edie and george left behind and this is a cool scene where she she hears some neighbors arguing and she's like okay people are home clearly i can only i can't get away george is watching me but he is deaf so, yeah, she goes to turn up the radio. It's like super, super, super loud. Yeah, like you see, and then everybody starts like knocking and shaking like the walls down, yeah. and shakes like a uh, overhead lamp. And uh, he's like, oh, look at that. That's weird, huh? And they just kind of chuckle it off. And then they break the door down, which seemed a bit excessive. <laughs> yeah. But it might have called it a noise complaint first, but. Yeah. You know, that's how you do in this horrible area, which we should say also that Edie's really desperately trying to get away from. She's trying to better her life. You know, a Mm. lot of what they're going for here is because of the circumstance and her surroundings. That's why she is the way that she is. Mm. Sure. But yeah, they break down the door and she bolts out of the house. Says that she was attacked. So then they go and then subsequently attack George. Yes ton of people i mean everybody was pounces on them yeah they didn't they, you know it's not like how neighbors would really be and just let someone else deal with it it's just like no 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 everybody <laughs> neighborly justice every floor come in and just tear down this wall i mean they just kept smashing through it was great and now we're just on the mad dash to old the, the wharton house <laughs> mm. and Edie's makes a phone call trying to get to the hospital prison ward see if they can help out get a hold of anybody nobody that she needs is there uh, Luther makes it to Wharton's house and gets held up by Ray. He has a gun, beats him up, gets extra racist just to make sure we, we're, you know, we're at a conclusion here. You really got to ramp up the excitement and unfortunately yeah. the racism. Edie arrives though, helps get a little distraction, tries to stop Ray from killing Luther, but it's not going well. He is in a ton of pain. He is messed up beyond all reason. Edie gets the lights turned off right when Ray is about to shoot at Luther. So instead of getting mortally wounded, he just gets critically wounded, gets shot in the shoulder. Mm. They're able to get Ray's gun from him. And, you know, they're like, all right, we let this guy die, right? He's sucked throughout the entire movie. He's in pain. He could go either way. We got a gun if we need to do it. We're totally justified here. No problem. No one would mind. This guy sucks. Why don't we go ahead and end Ray Biddle from this planet? But Luther is a commendable man. He is above all this. He doesn't want to stoop to that level. You know, there's, there's got to be a reason to kill this man beyond just a racism, you know? Right. And it's his duty. I mean, it's his job as a doctor. I mean, he took an oath. Yeah. yeah. Hippocratic oath. Absolutely. So he uses the gun as like a slint and they take the scar from Edie uh, to use as a tourniquet. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the sirens coming in and uh, Ray, Ray's not doing so well, but. Luther gives him the reassuring line. Of, Don't cry, white boy. You're gonna live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah. 
Also, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I did watch this yesterday morning. Oh. Um, wasn't there a, right before that when, when she calls and, and like she calls the police, right? And then she says like, check this person first. If there's no call here, then check over here. And if yeah. there's no call there, that's it. and this whole thing, like, yeah, couldn't you just send a car over there? Like, you know, it just like it seems like this whole. It was like if, if yes, do this, and then if yes, yeah. to all of the above. Yeah, it was insane. It, yeah, it just like blew my mind. But yeah, that was that was wild. Um, yeah, but but like we said, I, I think it's a well constructed movie. It's a, obviously it's a tough subject matter, but the acting is great. I, I think it's well executed it's well shot. i think that was like, what was missing from this episode was the acting because it was just hard to go through all that again <laughs> right it is but yeah, i mean what yeah but watching it's like yeah i mean there's there's some really strong performances from these actors uh in this movie i mean uh, sydney point a i mean he should should have top billing he does not even right. introducing would have done justice but right he is like the star of this movie 100 percent yeah. And um, I mean, for a, a debut like this right out the gate, it, it's phenomenal. I mean, he, right. he came hungry and powerful and it, it's great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you you have a great villain. It's just tough to stomach <laughs> w- yeah. w- what's coming out of him. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a special shout out to, you know, Stephen McNally, who did Dr. Dan Wharton. You know, he, he really played him with some warmth and, and some care that was much needed in this mm-hmm. ugly, ugly picture, which. Yeah, I guess I would give 8.9 out of 10. Can we all just get along? I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I said, I, mean, I think it's, it, is, it is a really well done movie. Um, you know, like if the subject yeah. matter was more different, I would revisit this often, you know? Yeah, but I mean, we know. I mean, I mean Joseph L. Mankiewicz is a very solid director. Like he's just like, you know, very just, you know. He's an institution. Right, exactly. So yeah. it's like you know, you know, you're getting a good quality picture when you're watching something that he had such a big, big hand in. So and like peak Daryl Zanuck run, 20th Century Fox, like you know, right. the 50s were a great time for them. Right, he knew what he so was doing. It's, it's right in that, right in that time. So yeah, I think for that reason, it's it's, it's I think it's a it's an important movie, um, although tough to watch. And you know, they knew what they were doing with this one. They knew that they wanted to make this kind of film lesser samuels wrote the original story before it was purchased from 20th century fox there was a lot of people who had bid for the rights including paramount universal warner brothers and columbia Mm -hmm. so clearly this was you know something that uh needed to be told at this time 50s were a hotbed for this kind of thing originally samuels had said he wanted to write about the cancerous results of hatred and didn't necessarily intend to focus on luther brooks at first Mm -hmm. But then actually his daughter's fiance, who was a doctor, was like, yeah, these are real problems faced by black doctors. You need to absolutely address this. And that mm. seemed to change his focus. Uh, writer Philip Jordan, who you may remember around these parts, uh, he made some suggestions that made it into the final film, including that scene I liked where we, you know, we go to the Brooks's home and we get to meet the family. You know, mm-hmm. he, it helped keep it grounded and, you know, show that these real people, people living lives, you know? Yeah. It's important to see into. So, and one thing that was fascinating was Daryl Zanuck had a, a memo where he stated, "quote that they should conscientiously avoid propaganda, but at the same time, the final result of our efforts should be a picture which is actually powerful propaganda against intolerance." So, trying to not do one thing but having it exist at the same time as that thing you're avoiding—it's a fascinating line to tell. Yeah. They were very worried about, of course, the 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 violence in the movie, and they were very worried about 
you know, how to release this, that there were certain edits of, uh, made to the film in certain, you know, uh, areas. They knew that this wasn't going to ha- be playing in the South at all. Mm-hmm. They, they said, quote, we already knew we will lose about 3000 accounts in the South. We'll not play this picture under any circumstances. And originally Luther was going to die, be killed mm-hmm. by yeah, Mark at the that, end yeah. of it, which uh, Zanuck was all about. He's like, cool, go, go for it. But then by April of 1949, he was like, we can't do that. Otherwise, what's the fucking point? This guy is great. Right. This is this is a bad note to end on. I know it's yeah. film noir, but <laughs> yeah, but a very bad note. Yeah, you know we've already this is a, an emotion that's been going on throughout the entire film. We got to have somewhat of a ha- as happy as an ending yeah. we can get. So they changed some things up in the script, and they were ready to move forward. Of course, as we said, Richard Widmark was not very thrilled with the dialogue, but understood the importance. Him and Sidney Poitier had a friendship going on by this point. So after some takes, he would be like, "I'm." so sorry yeah. of this nonsense that's coming out of my mouth and yeah as we said uh sydney poitier actually he's supposed to be 27 which is what he, he lied and said he was but he was only 22 mm-hmm. he had been in three short films for the u.s army signal corps but this was the biggest thing he'd ever done pretty remarkable this and man- like first first movie out of basically out of the gate guy like this comes along though you're yeah. gonna notice him and Mankiewicz was yes. like he he noticed him and he said especially his quote emotional intensity and grace which yeah. sums it up perfectly yep uh, film debut of ozzy davis mm-hmm. as well as his wife ruby d and they would actually be in a lot of films together after this he's um, great as the mayor and uh do, do the right thing oh yeah ozzy davis fucking rule that yeah r.i.p he was a big part of my childhood i mean i was catching yeah. the tail end of him but he was in a lot of stuff yeah but, that I was very fond of. Sidney Poitier made actually $7,500 in this, which would be the equivalent of almost $90,000. Wow. And 2022 money. They actually have it updated to this year uh, in the fun facts on IMDb. So interesting. We're finally catching up to now inflation. Yeah. During filming, Linda Darnell actually had a severe car accident, which she was almost burned alive, Dan. Yeah. Which she had a rough, a rough couple Almost, of rough, rough uh, run-ins with, with some fire. Yeah, she would die from dying in a fire 15 years later while she was sleeping. So, yeah, yeah that's a scary fucking way to go. Yeah. Oh, the poster art was done by Saul Bass. That was his first mm-hmm. film credit. It's a very Saul Bassy and cool poster. The tagline is, is it a question or an answer? Mm. Do you have, <laughs> what do you think, Dan? Is it a question or an answer? It's tough to say. I know. Yeah. I think a question, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if we yeah, have. I, th- I would say so. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, and what's interesting is that like the, I don't know if it, if it looks the same way, but like the, the arrow things on here are different from even the ones on the poster. Oh, wow. Like it's like, it's like different colors, different. It's got like a arrow. It's just, it's weird. Cause I'm looking at the poster on the Wikipedia and it's just, it, they're very different. It's weird. Um, I, would, I thought you would expect the same one, but I think it's, I think it's the same. There's the, on the Blu-ray version. I think it's like Eureka is the PAL Blu-ray that's out. And I'm curious to see if um, that is the same as well, or, or if it's different, but I keep getting the, the, the other no way out with Kevin Costner and Gene Hackman. So that's, you ever see that one? No, I haven't. Um, it's pretty good. Is it? I'm not a big Costner fan. In fact, I, he's one of my least favorite actors, but it's pretty really? good. Yeah. Why What's her nuts that? from Blade Runner is in that uh, Sean Sean uh, Sean uh, what's her Young name? Young Young yeah, yeah yeah took me a second 
No, but Rucker Howard was in Batman Begins, which I rewatched the other day and I forgot about, and that was great to see him. Oh. Eric Roberts in The Dark Knight. Yes. Love that. Love Eric Roberts. Shout out to Eric Roberts. Eric Roberts is it's pretty rad. Oh, so the Eureka one, it's I'd say it's similar to the it's the same style as the poster, but it's different colors. So it's different every time. That's so weird to me. Yeah, um, very weird. Yeah, I'm just noticing that now. Fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so a lot of controversy with this movie. Chicago Police Department banned the film initially from being shown in Chicago, mm-hmm. but um, then they lifted the ban once they a uh, cut was made in the scene where the gangs were arming themselves. Uh, also with the gangs, the black actors found out they were getting paid less, <laughs> which yeah. was stupid, but wow. they, they were able to protest and, and make the money that they deserve to make. So that's good. Widmark and Poitier, you want to see them together? You can get it. The Long Ships in 1964 and the Bedford incident in 1965. Maybe those are some lighter affairs. Mm. Oh, and this was a, a fun fact I saw on IMDb, Dan. It said, since this happens to most men, it shouldn't be considered a goof. In the locker room, Dr. Luther Brooks puts on his pants and he fails to zip them up. <laughs> I saw that as well. And uh, I was like, that's worth putting in there. I had to point it out just because of that. But I did notice it's like, you know, the zipper was open, but yeah. What I didn't think it was a goof. It was like, I'm sure he zipped it up in two seconds. Yeah, I mean, he was he he kept getting called multiple calls to come down. Like he got called on the loudspeaker and then he got another call on the phone. The other doctor answered, like, hey, is this guy coming up? So he's just like, <laughs> All right, coming on, I'm putting on my my stuff. Like he's just, you know, he's kind of just disheveled coming out of the, the locker room. So, you know, it's I feel like it's understandable that he's he's in the midst of him of you know getting dressed. It's a plot point. I would yeah, not a goof. Um, but the did, national... you put, did you put that one on there? Is that is that what it is? Did you write that one in? I want. I'm ready to take it off. I'm going to find that uninteresting. It gets a thumbs okay. down. You got to vote, vote that down. Yeah. The National League of Decency condemned the film in August of 1950. Maryland, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. They showed the cut version of the film in Massachusetts. You couldn't show it on Sundays. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, there was. Some crazy reactions to this movie overreactions is really more like it yeah but it was recognized for an academy award nomination for best writing mm-hmm. I, think, I think it lost a lot of character categories to, to sunset boulevard right because i mean just the timing of it yeah it's it's tough yeah that's yeah, a tough call but hollywood loves to reference itself maybe if yeah. they were maybe if this took place in hollywood it had more of a chance well, then there's just, yeah, I mean, that era of movies, there's just a lot of good movies coming out, too. So, it's, you know, it's 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 tough. And I think, you know, it, it, it does make you wonder if if, if the if the topic impacted that, you know, if, if that had any impact on the judgment, we, we may not know. But um, and Joseph Mankiewicz actually won the year before for Best mm-hmm. Director and Best Adapted Screenplay for A Letter to Three Wives. So, oh, yeah, he was in the zone and, and uh, all about Eve. Yeah, the right next year yeah. in 1950. So, I mean, these were going on at the same time. So, yeah. yeah. And you were in the Mankiewicz zone watching Citizen Kane, right? That was his brother. Yeah. Herman Mankiewicz. Uh, are you ready to watch Mank on Netflix, the Fincher movie? That'd be a good compliment. I, it's been on my list. I know we talked about it a long time ago. Um, I do, I, 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 I do want myself. to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I do want to watch it. I just, I honestly, I kind of forgot about it. Um, but now that we are talking about it now, I'm glad that you reminded me because it's, it's been a while since I thought about it. That's, that's what I do. I'm your nickelback. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Lester Samuels, he had back-to-back Oscar nominations for this one in 50, and then he worked with Billy Wilder, speaking of Sunset Boulevard, mm-hmm. uh, for Ace in the Hole, which I'm sure we'll get to. 
Nah, we would never get to that. Why would why would we want to cover that movie? I have no idea. <laughs> it's only a classic, Dan. Uh, Samuels also wrote uh, a movie that Paul Newman had deemed one of the lowest points of his career in 1954, The Silver Chalice, which is not what you want to hear about yeah. something you were involved in. Don't know that one. Yeah, have to look into it. I think it was a Western. It's a no, it's a historical epic. Oh, it's a biblical film. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 See, that's that's rough. Those those biblical ones are mostly unwatchable for me. It's got Jack Palance in it though. So it just and Albert Decker is in it. So well, we'll see. It, Natalie Wood's in it too. Wow. Keep me posted, Virginia, Dan. Virginia Mayo. Uh, <laughs> uh wow. It's just there's some interesting people in this movie. Wow. It, it does get a lot of really bad reviews from what I'm reading. So yeah, definitely not not good. I know. I know we, we digress, but that that's fascinating <laughs> to me. I was not aware of this movie. It, it's a stinker. I think there's a reason. It sounds like. And he was. And it says, despite being not, he was nominated for a Golden Globe for his performance in the movie. Uh, Paul Newman oh, was Golden then, Globe, but, though. Yeah. Yeah, but then he. Yeah, then he's you know, the worst movie back then. It might as well have been a Razzie. Yeah. Uh, Milton Krasner was working at 20th Century Fox pretty heavily at this point. Uh, he especially at the working in the Technicolor films. He did uh, Demetrius and the Gladiators, Desiree, The Reigns of Ranchapur, and plenty of others. His final film was Beneath the Planet of the Apes. Looks great. It's a great one to go movie. out on. Yeah, absolutely. But he also did A Double Life, the setup, which we all love, and it looks mm-hmm. perfect. All About Eve, Seven Year yes. Itch, and one we'll get to, Old Scarlet Street. Mm. Um, also working pretty heavily at 20th Century Fox was Barbara McLean, who edited this. She did so many films and, and really changed the game and really opened a lot of doors for, for women and editors and just killing it. So shout out to her. Shout out to the whole mm-hmm. crew. You did a great job. I think you accomplished what you were set out to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, like I said, it's a Doesn't well done Doesn't pull any picture. punches. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, well, it's a well done picture. Yeah. You can trust it. Will that be the case for us next week? Let's find out as we get out of 1950, Dan. We've been here for... A long time, two movies at least, but we're going to 1941. So that should be an interesting time to be. And we're going to visit an old friend of the show, Ida Lupino. And uh, possibly this title will deliver on one of Dan's favorite tropes. We'll find out. We're going out of the fog. It better. That's all I'm saying. If it's in, it the, title, it if it's in the title and it's not, it's not good, I'm, I'm not going to be too happy about it because I have not seen this one. If you're looking for a light. Thank you very much. Who would have thought on a pier in the middle of winter, a girl like you? How do you know what kind of girl I am? Oh, I can tell. There's a look in your eye. It sticks out all over you. no use. I guess you must love him very much. When he talks, I feel like I'm burning. When he takes my arm as we go past a cop in the street, I know that someday that cop might shoot him. He knows it too, and even so he laughs. And then I get hot and cold all over, and I feel like yelling. Take it. 
once press that little trigger and there's no more cough. If you ever did to me what I'm doing to you, you know what I do to you? I kid you. Yeah, I kid you. Oh, you're such a good guy, George. Well, why do you pick on me? Because you're the girl for me. You're my kind of girl. I'm not, George. Honest, I'm not. All you'll ever get from me is a pushing around. If you know what's good for you, leave me alone. What do you want? You better come along with us. There is a very specific reason why I've, I've brought this one to our attention. I've not seen it either, but there's a reason why I want to watch it, and we will get into it next week. Um, Besides the fog? The fog is a big part, but we will talk, okay. Dan. But yeah, we'll have some fun with it. We've been having some fun with some more in our archives. It's a big archive. Yeah, got to appreciate you know, at least that, it, that it's available and you can actually watch it. So I guess if nothing else. If nothing else, but we'll see. And uh, come see with us next week. In the meantime... You're feeling so good about this episode and how much you love this podcast. Tell the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody loves when someone does that, right? Hey, check this out. And then you listen to them. But then you find out, oh, I have these friends I didn't know liked film noir. So you've opened up a new conversation. And this is a film noir conversation after all, Dan. It is. It That's is. true. Uh, so, you know, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, you can rate on those. You can review on Apple Podcasts. I submitted us to iHeartRadio <laughs> recently. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that was easy to do. So you, if maybe we have some new listeners from there or if you, mm. that's a favorite uh, service of yours, go for it. Coming on YouTube soon, just got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like putting, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe YouTube's really easy to use these days, but just like putting a picture to sound. Yeah, I don't want to, have maybe, to do too much work, but we have maybe we that's do a season have an three. Yeah, it could be season three. That exactly. could be a season three thing. That could be a Patreon exclusive. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we're we're cooking up lots of excitement for you. Lots of promised uh, shirt ideas. I just came up with a good one uh, the other day, which I'll tell you after we finish this. Okay. Um, it's coming. Save your money. Yeah. Soon. You, know, you never know what's coming. Is what I'm learning. <laughs> There's a surprise around every corner. Yes, but we're trying to tell you now to just get ready. You have like the rest of the year. Which is a long time. (laughs) It is. I don't know. We just, I don't know. Yes. Come see about us (laughs) in in one year's time. 2023, what are we doing? But 2022, we're still here. We're coming off strong. Winter's almost over, Dan. We're thawing. And um, we got some good stuff coming up for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely even in just a month or two. So hang in there. Thank you for coming. The real out of the podcast, gmail.com out of the podcast. Just search it. You'll find it. We're, we're out there. Instagram. Any, just go to Instagram. That's all we give yeah. a shit about. Dan, anything else to, to say before we close it up? Nope. I think we covered pretty much everything. Yes. Don't be racist. Yes. Love That's one another. More, yes. And, uh, you know, let's fucking fix this stuff. You know, let's talk more change. You know, this is a, a good example of, you know, making something that is going to lead to something, hopefully. So let's all do the same, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We love you and uh, we love one another. And this one goes out to everybody out there who deserves it. And, uh, you know, as a heart full of love, <laughs> maybe they have a cup full of love too, that they could raise and say, Here's the crime, but here's the, here's the crime. Not hate crime, you know, fucking no, whimsical no, 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 no. crime. Here's the whimsical, you know, little robberies here and there, you know? Yeah. 
heist. Steal, steal from one another, but don't hate each other. That's <laughs> yes. the lesson. And here's to that crime. Red yes. everybody. 